0: Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. On behalf of Pastors David and Nicole Binion, thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church. Now, let's listen to today's message. So, So when Nicole finished speaking last week, I felt... This uh, urge to tell you that as we begin to cultivate the prophetic, at the same time the cultivating will cause an activation. And Jesus, are we seeing it today? Uh, At work, it's that the the atmosphere is electric with uh, with the prophetic. And so I'm going to talk some more about it today. I'm going to recap a little bit of of what Nicole talked about. Um, you have to understand who you are. Josh, thanks for that. Uh, you have to understand who you are. We are a prophetic people. Nicole talked about this last week. We are the fulfillment of the prophecy of scripture. Yeah. In other words. The Old Testament prophets. Prophesied that what we're experiencing. Today would happen. And that God would take for himself. A people yes. from all nations. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Everybody say all nations. All nations. Quickly I'm going to hit a couple. Some scriptures. These, Some of these. Uh, If you want to take notes and check them out later, uh, I didn't put all of these down for them to put on the screen. I'll get to one in a minute. They'll bring up on the screen. But Zechariah, the second chapter, verses 10 and 11, it says, Many nations shall be added to the Lord. Amos 9.12, The residue of man shall seek after the Lord. Joel 2.28, he prophesied, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Say, that's me. All are you, do you, are you, when you put your hand on, do you feel flesh, flesh, all flesh. Yeah. Isaiah eleven ten. 10. For the Gentiles shall seek him. We are Gentiles. Yeah. Unless we're Jewish. Uh, if We're either Jewish or we're Gentiles. Yeah. Isaiah 42, 6. I will give you as a covenant, as a light. The Gentiles, Isaiah 42 6, I will give you. I just read that Isaiah 49 6, that thou mayest be my salvation to the end of the earth. Psalm 86 9, all nations shall come and worship before you. And you can put this one up on the screen Isaiah 2 and 2. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations, everybody say all nations shall flow to it. Nicole used this scripture last week. All nations shall flow to it. That's you and me. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive a prophetic anointing. Prophetic people are those that are able to perceive, to divide, and declare the purposes of God in their generation. Eight times in the book of Revelation, the Lord speaks to the church about having ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. The Spirit is still saying, We serve a speaking God, He still speaks. He who has ears to hear, it, we have to cultivate this in, our, in the spirit realm so that all may hear his voice. Yeah. Perceive. This word perceive means to understand what God is saying and the general nature of what he's saying. To perceive. Perceive. Discern, this word discern means to understand to whom or what it pertains to. Declare is another word. We hear it a lot. I hear a lot of prophets say, I hear a lot of people that aren't prophets that say, I decree and declare. That's become like a catchphrase. I decree and declare. Everybody say, "I I decree and declare. Declare means to understand how to effectively communicate. Or act on it yourself. 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter and the 7th verse says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit. P-R-O-F-I-T. The word manifest, when we talk about the manifestation of the Spirit, the word manifest means to make evident or certain by showing or displaying to demonstrate, to exhibit the manifestation, the word manifest. The manifestation of the Spirit. The word Spirit means, in the Greek, it's, it's, uh, it's the Greek word pneuma. P-N-E-U-M-A I'm probably saying it wrong But let's pretend I'm saying it right Did I say it right? Sean knows this Strong It means It means strong And often tempestuous wind Spirit Strong tempestuous wind The manifestation of the strong Tempestuous wind Spirit also means God Or Christ Spirit Or Holy Spirit The manifestation of the Spirit has already been given to you theoretically wow, yeah. this it's it's like Jesus uh, you know we're we're saved theoretically because Jesus paid the price for all right. so but there's this stepping into right. salvation there is the confession there is this uh uh Requirement for us to confess and come before him before the theoretical reality becomes a reality The manifestation of the spirit has already been given it has been given for the purpose of profiting others Not that you would receive great acclaim it's not given to you to make you famous It's not given to you to make you visible before thousands of people. Although that happens, but that's not the purpose. But that God would make you a blessing to others through the manifestation of the Spirit. I'm still recapping. Nicole didn't use all of this information. I'm just kind of tapping into it. Every member of the body of Christ is gifted. If you're a member of the body of Christ, you're gifted. You are gifted. Say, I, I want you to repeat this after me. I have the manifestation of the Spirit. I want you to say it like you're not just repeating what I'm saying, but you say it in your knower. I have the manifestation of the Spirit. Now I want you to say this. Let me say it first. I have the unction to function. I want you to say it like with grit. I now I want you to say this: I have been given this for the profit of others. Again, that's P-R-O-F-I-T for for the blessing of others, for for to to enhance other people's. To bless other people. To profit them. I want to say this. To minister. To demonstrate the manifestations of the spirit. Apart from the attitude and the spirit of First Corinthians 13. Is actually counterproductive. You may have giftings, you may be marked with purpose, but if you don't have love, I'm going to read, I'm going to read this to you. The whole chapter, First Corinthians, the 13th chapter, I love this passage. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable. Oh, I know some irritable people. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I still acted like a child. Uh, That's not what Paul said. I'm just, I kind of inserted myself into that. When I was, I lost my place. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Okay, So, so the thing there is, We have to be childlike, not childish. So, so I embrace the childlike. <laughs> For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Love. So we should desire to strengthen and build the church. We should have a heart that desires to see the church rise up and become all that God wants it to be. Therefore, we want to speak words of love, encouragement, Blessing and grace. Yeah. Prophecy must be released by faith. Right. I'm still kind of recapping. I'm just kind of saying it a little different. I know Nicole touched on a lot of these things. Prophecy must be released by faith. Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Romans 12, 6 says, tells us to prophesy in proportion to our faith. Why is faith so connected to prophecy? Because of the nature of both. Consider Hebrews 11, verse 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence, everybody say evidence evidence of things not seen. A believer desiring or feeling led to prophesy encounters, firstly, that they must hope. Hope that they are hearing a true prophetic word or that they will speak a true prophetic word once they begin to speak. They must hope that the Holy Spirit will be there to carry them along. They must hope that the Holy Spirit will empower this word so that it will bring blessing, release, strength, and comfort. When I began to declare that word to Cassie, I had hope in my heart that this word would empower, that it would bring uh, a release in her spirit, that it would bring strength and comfort. The prophetic people must hope that they will correctly communicate and articulate what the sense of the Spirit, the Spirit of God is showing them. Sometimes it's in a picture, sometimes it's in a vision. They must hope that the details of their word will be accurate. They must hope that the content of the word will fit in the way the Holy Spirit is moving in that service. The substance of all these hopes faith if you're releasing a word by faith you must receive and be open to correction I just want to get that in your minds prophetic people because again we're cultivating this atmosphere and so in the process we have people in the room that are prophetic that will be activated but I want you to also be ready for correction As you deliver the word, you are submitting it to the authority of the house of God. When you function in a house prophetically, you have to submit to the authority of the house so that it can be judged. Faith comes by hearing. Say, faith comes by hearing. Understand that faith comes. Faith comes by hearing, not from having heard. Faith comes from the process of hearing what is God saying right now at 11.32 a.m., not what did he say last Sunday. Faith comes not from what we heard last Sunday, Week or last year, faith comes from hearing, not from having heard. Faith, everybody say, Faith comes. Faith comes. Say, Faith comes to me. Faith comes to me. <clears throat> yeah. So, today I want to give you seven keys to developing prophetic ministry. There are, uh, I, I want to share some personal. Some of my personal journey, when the prophetic began to work in my heart, and I didn't even know it was prophetic. I didn't even know. I was, when I was eight or nine years old, I was at this little church of God in Louisville. My uncle was the pastor. And in the Pentecostal church I grew up in, I don't know if anybody will recall this kind of thing going on in a church, but it could be any time in a service, and usually there was always little small churches, maybe 50 to 80 people, and then the, the presence of God would move, and then someone would feel the unction to function. And they would just, they would be at the back of the room, and suddenly you would hear, Yah, la, 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 la. and they would take over. It would just like, it, but, but the thing is, we play church sometimes and we laugh about that, but the reality is the spirit of God would come and someone would be so gripped with the the awareness of his presence that an utterance would just begin to pour out of them. And what would happen in the church, there'd be this, no one taught me this, but it just happened. I learned by being in it. Everybody just became very respectful and sober and very quiet until the, 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 The utterance ended, and usually the pastor or somebody that functioned in a church in the prophetic would give an interpretation. So I remember being in my uncle's church. I'm eight or nine years old, and this this utterance starts happening. And as it's happening, I think I get the interpretation. What's an eight or nine-year-old going to do with an interpretation? I don't remember what it was, but I was like... I would just hear these words coming in my, in my heart. And and I was like, I don't know, I was like scared. And then all of a sudden, the guest preacher that night started giving the interpretation. And it was exactly word for word what I heard in my spirit. And then I felt guilty for not obeying. But I was like, what am I supposed to do? I'm just a kid. Uh, I, t- I talked to my mom about it, and she quickly, my mom was a student of the word. She said, David Lee, <laughs> the prophet, the Bible says the prophet is to be subject to the prophet. And I, it sounded right. Again, I didn't, really, I didn't fully discern even what she said, but something was like, it set me free from the guilt of not speaking out. It was not until I'm maybe 13 or 14 years old and my family is traveling and full-time ministry. I have four older brothers and a younger sister and my dad had a furniture store uh, on the square in McKinney. He sold it, bought a Greyhound bus and went into full-time ministry. And so we're homeschooling and we're traveling around the country in a bus. I think we've been to almost every state in that bus. And uh, I remember though, so I was the keyboard guy I had a brother that could play bass and another brother that played drums until he got married and then my sister started playing the drums. Why am I giving all these details? I don't know. Uh, But I remember I was the chief musician. I was kind of directing what we would do musically in a service. And I remember this at this one point, I felt the Lord gave me a word. And it was just something very small. It wasn't like anything profound. I don't know many 13-year-olds that are going to Give an Elisha prophecy. <laughs> uh, but it was just something I felt the Lord wanted me to say. And I was like, God, I don't know if this is you. It's kind of like Sophia on the color purple. How many of y'all have seen the color purple? Sophia said, I don't know if she my baby. My heart says she mine. But I don't know if she mine. Is she my baby? Her name, Olivia. I stitch Olivia on her diapers. It's kind of like that. Lord, I don't know if this is you, but my heart say it is you. So I want you to know. I just remember, I want you to know that even if I think it's you, I'm going to obey. And I gave up this little word and it fell flat. I was embarrassed, but I felt fulfilled that I obeyed. And just kind of like changed the subject really quick and moved on and started singing another song. And it may be three or four months later, we were in a church service and I got that same kind of unction. And again, I don't even know what this is, except God is speaking, and I'm hearing something. And at that point, I didn't have to, have to go through the process of, yes, okay, okay. I just went with it. Yeah. And that time, I had the Pentecostal reaction. I'm just a kid, but I said something, and all of a sudden, we have a room full of people. Amen! I mean, you know, you're on the right track. If everybody's saying amen! Amen! Thank you, Beck. I was... so so the voice became clearer uh uh, and then it would happen again and it would i was i mentioned it a track record i started getting my own track record that i my faith would grow because i would say things and then there would be a confirmation of whatever it was that i said i'm like so my confidence would grow that i that i could begin to speak with faith And I want you to know, this was no earth-shaking prophetic thing. This was just learning to hear and speak what I heard. You have to be there before you can ever step into the office of a prophet. And likely, there will be nobody in this building that could be in the office of a prophet. But we can still be a prophetic people. We can still be prophetic. We can still have the gift of prophecy. We mentioned last week, even Saul sent a team of people to go kill the prophet Samuel. Well, when his messengers got to him, they got near the company of prophets and started prophesying. Yeah, yeah. They're not coming back. So Saul sends another group of people. They get there. They see what's going on. They get near the spirit of prophecy and they begin to prophesy. Finally, Samuel give, Saul gives up and says, I'm going to go kill him myself. He gets there. That sounded so Southern, didn't it? He gets there, G-I-T-S. He, he gets there, and he starts prophesying. Yeah, yeah. Someone said, is, is, is Saul, even Saul among the prophets? No, he just got near the spirit of prophecy. So when, when, it, when the prophetic is activated, any one of us can start hearing, but you have to understand, and we'll get, that to, we'll get to that in another service about order in the church. Many of us can hear. I had a little struggle with someone recently that felt that God told them to do something. But they were completely stepping in complete opposition to what I had given instruction for some of my leaders in the service. But God told me to do this, so I'm going to go do it. Well, that's not how God works. So don't blame that on God. You may hear. And God may give you discernment, just, but just because you hear doesn't mean you're supposed to say. Right. Right. <mumbles> God, guys, we have to pay attention. We have to pay attention. We have to understand order in a house. We have to understand authority in a house. Several months ago, I spoke on the Bartimaeus effect. How many of you were here? Back in November, and I talked about Bartimaeus. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus had come into the city of Jericho. He went through an entire city, and he went out the other side, and here is Bartimaeus on the side of the road, and he heard Jesus was coming. A blind man saw more than the whole city. And began to cry out and cause Jesus to stop. There's no record of Jesus stopping to visit with anybody in the city. He came into the city and not till he was leaving the other side. Did someone get his attention? Yeah. And so I talked about having the Bartimaeus spirit, not capital S, small s. And there was a young man in the room, maybe 27 years old, uh, came to me at the end of service and started giving me the right act about how I was speaking, teaching false doctrine in this house. I was like, and, and what happened at the end of the service, it was such a move, people started coming to the altar, they're, they're getting, they're coming in, they're crying out, Jesus, they're, the idea that we would have the same zeal as Bartimaeus, that we would be able to get his attention, and he comes up and you're talking about, we should only be filled with the Holy Spirit, not the spirit of Bartimaeus. I was like, I said, is that what you got out of what just happened? and so I was being very meek as best as I could and I said sir I've been with these people for three years now and they understood what I was saying oh no they didn't you're leading them astray and I said sir I'm sorry that you feel that way but and Nicole had had enough she stepped up and said sir do you go to this church No, this is my first time here. She says, you know, we have order here. We have elders. We have pastors. We have people that speak instruction and correction over us. We have that in place in our life, and you're not one of them. (laughs) Then she punched him right in the nose. (laughs) Kneed him in the gut. (sighs) No, she didn't. No, she didn't. Um, No, that was enough. She said it. But then he goes and posts online about the pastor's wife with a, an abrasive, ugly spirit and and the pastor speaking false doctrine. And so I, I learned something. You know, this, I've only been a pastor for three years. I've been in church. But when you work in the worship department and then when you have to be a senior pastor and you start dealing with people. <laughs> pastor Mike Hayes told us this one story. They went on a retreat with some of their pastors and they I think they were in Arizona somewhere and they they've had their meetings and now at night they're having dinner and they go putt-putt golfing and there's these obnoxious guys just making all kinds of noise and he just has had his fill. He got the Nicole spirit and he starts spouting off back to them to, and then they start cursing back and then, then the Texan and Pastor Mike rose up and he was like, he's ready to fight. But, you know, he's not saying anything except he's just, you know, he's not backing down from these little smart alecks. And so uh, they finally finished their course of putt-putt and these guys come up and they felt like maybe we should apologize. We're, we're sorry. And then then Pastor and the team starts talking to him and, and they're like, they calm down. And they, they, so then they decide they like him. They said, well, what kind, what kind of work do you do? And he said, he said, I, I work with people. <laughs> uh, remember, remember First Corinthians 13? If I don't have love, you better be careful painting yourself in a corner with a bad attitude. Someone is standing around the corner. If you want... If you want to be validated, if you want credibility in what you say. Now, we've all had those days. We've all had those days. It's worse when you do something with your kids watching and they're like, Dad, what did you just say? <laughs> Squirrel, where was I? Yeah, I'm going to have to quench the spirit here in a little bit around noon. No, uh, I want to give you these seven keys. I've got way more than seven things to say, uh, but I have rambled and rambled and rambled. I want want you to understand that as we develop the prophetic in this house, we want to empower the prophetic in the house. But that doesn't mean you get permission to come up and interrupt service uh, we're going to have to establish some kind of plan, a prophetic team of people and leaders that you would, if God speaks to you, you would go to a leader. And the truth is, they may say, well, we'll talk to pastor after church and see how he feels about this. And you know, if it's a word from the Lord, it'll work next week. It's like, just because you hear something doesn't mean today is the day it's got to be released to the house. And, and you have to be prepared to... Be told no. I just love it's already at work. I mean, uh, Carmen came to me on was it Wednesday night, and uh, so good. it was so good. And she was so, I loved it because she was so reluctant. I love reluctant prophetic people. It was yeah. It's it's this humility. And she she came and she talked about there were there's the worship was just beautiful. Uh, and she was just like praying for us on the stage. Uh, God, just I just want you to give them what they're asking for. Let the river come. Let just let the river come to them. She's not she's not praying for herself. She's praying that we'll get what we're singing about, what we're asking for. And she felt this almost like she felt the wave hit her. It's like if you ever been in the ocean, and and all of a sudden it doesn't even have to be a big wave. It just kind of pulls you. She she felt that kind of thing. And and then she remembered. The word from Tommy Tenney that I read about a wave that's coming. And so the wave is coming and the wave will continue to come. More waves. Uh, Let me try to get through these points because I just want to give you this and then we'll stop. And then we've got more to come in the next several weeks. Uh, Number one, seven keys to developing prophetic ministry. Number one, prophesy according to the measure of your faith. Develop your faith as you keep going, and not beyond. If God gives you two sentences, yeah, good. Yeah. Speak those two sentences and shut up. <laughs> have you ever have you ever seen someone declare something and and you first it's like it just shifts the room and it's like boom and then they like then they start feeling their weedies. And they keep going and it just kind of stops. And they keep pushing buttons trying to get the response again instead of just saying what God said. Because what we do sometimes with the prophetic is we want the acclaim. We want the reaction. We want to be perceived as someone spiritual. So instead of just saying this is what I heard God say and say it. Prophesy according to your faith. He gives you one word. I'll give you an example. We went to a church in Chicago a few years ago, and I walked out, and it's just a worship night. Uh, uh, Matthew Stevenson is the pastor. He's very prophetic, and they so they give it to us, and we start. Uh, we step into the band, gets in place, and and I it's just like I said, this is kind of unusual. And again, I I didn't know that I was prophetic, but I kept doing prophetic things, and and I was like. Uh, Before we sing, I just have to say, I just feel overwhelmed and tell you this, that when we came out here, y'all remember when Christopher Reeves was Superman? All the old folks folks in the room. Remember when the first Superman movie came out? And when it came on, there was those big letters kind of floating in space that spelled Superman, right? Y'all remember that? Maybe you've seen other things like that. I walked into that room, and I saw ownership, the word ownership ownership kind of floating towards me. And I was like, <coughs> only had enough faith to say what I saw. And so I said, before we before we sing, I don't even know if this will make sense, but I just want to tell you that I saw floating over your heads, the word ownership. You never heard a roar in a room like those people just, I mean, they went bananas. That yeah, yeah, yeah. was on a Tuesday night on Sunday, their pastor Spoke to them and the the word that he spoke to them was about provision about how god was going to bless his people and so that they would own their own homes And so I didn't know that but so when they when they responded like that, something else came to me. And I, and so I just began to say, even on top of what their pastor spoke to them on Sunday, I said, this is, this is what I'm seeing now. I said, God wants you to own this building because ownership gives you geographical authority. You can function in the spirit realm and have individual authority, but God gives an increase of authority when you own property. When you own your home, you have a stronger sense of authority. Yeah, yeah. And so I, 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 I spoke that and I was like, and the place was just, I didn't even know what to do with it. So I started singing, surely the Lord is here. <laughs> I just started singing because I was just like, I, I got it out. And, and uh, so um, yeah. prophesy according to your faith. Amen. The more you do it, the more your faith will grow. The more you do it, the more uh, uh, more sentences you'll get. Don't envy someone else's ability to say more. Just say what you hear. Number two, pray for the Holy Spirit to bring clarity to you and sensitivity. You determine the depth, and God determines the breadth. What does that mean? Prayer and seeking God is extremely important. You must love. You want to be a prophetic person? You must love the secret place. You determine how deep you go in the secret place and God will determine the breadth of your impact he, he, when you're faithful, when you're faithful to obey the small words, the one word, yep. Yep. the increase, it, it, the, the influence that you have as a person of credibility begins to, the breath is determined by God. You know, I've been privileged to be on five continents, uh, 20, 30-something nations. Uh, God has opened up many doors, and on top of that, given us great favor yeah, in w- with TV, with uh, hosting a, a show. I, we still have a show. I don't even know how it happened. It comes on every Wednesday night at 8:30 on TBN, Worship with the Binions and Friends. Yeah. You should watch it. Set your DVR and watch all of them. We're gonna we're gonna do some more uh, soon. But but God determines based on your faithfulness to His Word, your faithfulness to obey when He speaks. Yeah. God will determine how the, the, the breath. Maybe God only wants you to speak within your house, within your small group. Maybe that's the only realm. But be faithful and be grateful. Yes. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Number three, never go against the desire and the intentions of the leadership in your local church. I'll show you spirit of Bartimaeus. <laughs> that was ugly, wasn't it? Prophecy isn't meant to be done apart from the local church context. Yes. Wow. Come on. Apart from leadership and oversight. Prophecy needs pastoral oversight. Yeah, you have to be under authority to be given authority. Yes. I'll keep going. Because I, I wanted to elaborate a little bit there, but I'll just go. Number four, know that your best asset in developing prophetic ministry is humility. Yes, yeah, so good. Everybody say humility. 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 Pride doesn't stop the flow of the prophetic, but it will dis- it will distort it. It'll distort its importance and causes it to become imbalanced. Yep. I needed a drink. <laughs> James 4, verses 5 through 10, talks about the wisdom of humility. Yeah. Grace, It talks about, he gives grace to the humble. Grace is like water. It always flows to the lowest place. What do I mean by that? Humility. Go low. Stay low. When you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, he will exalt you. But you don't manipulate God by pretending to be humble. Go low. Be authentic. Stay low. This is not about you. This is about his word. We just have to be a vessel. Grace is like water. It goes to the lowest place. Grace flows toward humility. Stay with what God has assigned to you. He will assign your sphere. He will appoint you to your place of influence. Number five, be a diligent student and reader of the word of God. This is so key. One of the greatest wells that you can develop that you will draw from in the prophetic, is scripture. The better you are equipped in the word of God, the richer your prophecy will be because you'll draw from the wealth of scripture. It's the most reliable source. So study, read, memorize, be a student of the word, be in the word daily. The Logos... Is the well. The rhema is the bucket. That you drop down in the well and pull out. Be a student of the word. I. Have. uh, It started when I was a kid. Mom and dad made all of us memorize chapters in the Bible. If we memorized them. We got $5 a piece. If we didn't memorize them, we got a whipping. So, you, you might want to try that. Uh, so, so I, you know, I'm just never like, oh my God, I'm going to get a whipping if I don't do this. I, would, I always thought about $5. You can't do nothing with $5 these days. But uh, so I just, I would learn the word, I could memorize it. And so when we started ministering in the road, On the road, I was kind of like, I was nervous. I felt like I had to say something when we got up to sing. I needed to do something. And so uh, I I just felt, I get up there and I'm supposed to say something. i just be like, "Uh, uh, there is nothing. My brain was blank. And so I thought, I'm just going to quote scripture that I memorized. So before we sing, I'm just going to say, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his... You know, there's power. Did you you just feel the sense of unction? Come before his presence with singing. So I would quote a scripture and then we'd sing a song. And I felt like I should say something else and there'd be another one because I memorized a lot of scripture. And then when I was 13, I decided I got this desire and I started reading the Bible through. And I have every year of my life. I've, I've, I've read the Bible through two times already this year. And I'm in the middle of my third time I'll probably read it through a couple more times this year Because I have become An addict So I'm telling you that to say The richness of the prophetic Will be uh, Can only come when you have Filled yourself With the word of God There have been times when people want Ask me to pray for them And I was just like I'll be like I don't even know I don't even know how to deal with what you're telling me. But then suddenly one of those scriptures that I memorized will just kind of come bubbling up. And then in the, in the, it's like a sword and it starts cutting away at whatever it was that was bothering them. And you see the release on their face. And it was just because I planted the word of God in my spirit. Learn the word. I like that. Good God, he said over there. Number six: Never minister with a harsh spirit. That's how I knew. That's how I knew that man was not moving in this Holy Spirit when he came down to correct me. Not that I, I'm, I correct me. Correct. I, I'm I'm not beyond being corrected, but uh, I I knew that wasn't the Holy Spirit. I have learned that y'all just be ready. Because if anybody, ever, this could happen today. If anybody ever comes to me at the altar at the end of service and they've got some complaints, I'm going to say, wait just one second. And I may call on you or you anybody to come in and say, I just want you to stand here because I, I want you to hear this correction so that I can receive this. I just want you to know that's how I'm going to do this. I'm not going to get into an argument. I'm going to hear what they have to say, but I'm going to pull a witness in. Gracie, red blonde, blonde, have a good trip. They have to leave. I was going to quench the spirit and shut it down before they left so I could say goodbye and give her a hug. But go, just walk on. Walk on. Say your prayers before bed. Take a shower every day. Never minister with a harsh spirit. Be gentle. You're dealing with God's sheep. You're dealing with those he gave his life for. You're developing, learning to bring edification to the church. That's what you're learning. You're learning to bring edification to the church. Beware that you don't have the wrong model of prophet. Nicole taught last last week about the difference between Old Testament prophets and New Testament prophets. In the Old Testament, it seems that God was angry with his people for straying, for following, setting up Baal gods and worshiping. God was angry, but the cross satisfied his anger. You can still rebel. You can do all of those things, but the cross satisfied his that anger. So New Testament prophecy is different than Old Testament prophecy. Jeremiah is a good example. Jeremiah was a prophet, and man, he had blistering words for the people of God. And he he was most of the Old Testament prophets prophesied things to come. But Jeremiah he lived right in the midst of the prophetic destruction. Of Jerusalem, he prophesied it and watched it happen before his eyes. He was part of the the captivity, and he was actually let go on their way to Babylon. And and so so he, but he watched it. This but this was a man who prophesied to his generation and watched it come to pass. And it was harsh, strong prophecy. New Testament prophecy is an entirely different thing. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, It's it's. it, it is to bring edification to the church. It's to, um... stir up, build up, cheer yes, up. Yeah. everybody say stir up, build up, cheer up. Stir up, build up, cheer up. Say it three times really fast. Stir up, up, cheer. Someone said chilled up. I heard it. Stir <laughs> up, chilled up. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. Always be prepared. This is the seventh one that I'm done. Always be prepared to adjust that you may have missed it. The Old Testament prophets could be stoned (laughs) if their messages were inaccurate. Whereas in the New Testament, we are told to judge the word and bring correction to the prophet where needed. The best thing for you to do is admit when you've made a mistake. Inquire as to the accuracy of your words. Ask for feedback. If you miss the mark consistently, maybe you should stop. Maybe... Maybe maybe if, you, if, you're, if you're not developing a good track record If you, you think you're hearing and you try it It's okay to try it uh, just, But the thing is you may think you're a prophet And you may not be a prophet You may be like those people that go to American Idol And think they can sing Those are some sad auditions They are some sad auditions And they get up there and they get offended And they sounded like poo-poo Should I say that? I don't know. I just did. Uh, uh, some people really want to prophesy. But, but y- you have to judge the motivation of why they're wanting to do something. They're looking for a platform. Or you want to edify people. You want to build up people. You want to cheer up. You want to stir up. You want to exhort Nicole just did this. I don't know if she was agreeing. Oh, I thought you were telling me to wrap it up. Oh, you are saying stir it up. Okay. Let's stand. Maybe you're like me. Nicole and I have the privilege to travel all over the world. And if there is a prophet in the room... They find us. Yes. I. It's like you ever. You know when someone starts getting a word, and you're like, "Pick me!" I actually did that. We were at a church. We were at a, a thing in New Mexico. I was at a, a writers retreat, and Pastor Zane was prophesying to the group, and everybody was. And then he kind of paused, and I just jumped up and said, "Pick me! Pick me!" You're, you're in a room, and you see someone getting a word, and you think, "That's how you feel." Well, you just kind of like you it's like you desire to hear what God is saying today. Uh, I don't think it's fair to have all the prophecies that we've had. Uh, but thank you Jesus for them. When when we when we said yes we're going to follow we're going to God I don't even know where to start in launching a church. Uh, so we started asking people what do we do? Well we just have a have an interest meeting in your home. And 60 people showed up. And like, we love Jesus. We want the presence of God. Who wants to be a part? And they all, hey! Ta- Tanner was there at the first one. And uh, uh, so I just, I just want you to know that the more we stir this up, the more it will get stirred up. <laughs> the more it will rise up. The more... The more, like, like, like one of our elders, I love Vanessa Snicker. She is such, she's one of my favorite people to ever breathe air. Yeah. I adore you, Vanessa. But, you know, what I love about her is she will, just like Carmen, she will very reluctantly, she'll almost apologize before she says, but this is what I see the Lord's doing or what the, I see the Lord saying, and it's always on point. Yeah. Yeah. There are more of you in the room. There are more of you in the room. And so we we want to, we want it to, we want the flame of the prophetic to burn. Not so that we can release a bunch of crazies, but the crazies will come. The crazies always come. But I'd rather have crazies than no fire. So send the fire Send the crazies Send the ones that will come And accost me at the altar And Lord we'll figure out how to deal with them But more than anything Send the fire Send the unction To function Give us the ability to speak And hear and declare We are a prophetic people We exist because of prophetic words Hundreds and hundreds of years Before us we are a manifestation of prophetic words. But more than just the manifestation of someone else's prophetic word, the voice of your spirit is rising. It's rising in us. And we all have the capacity to hear what God is saying. He will speak to you. It may not be an audible voice. Sometimes it's just like a... Like a, a, a it's a blank canvas that you paint on And all, you'll just maybe see one little One little Curve And then all of a sudden you, you get a hold of the brush And the curve turns into the stem And at the top All of a sudden a flower starts forming And the flourishing uh, Of the release of, of the picture That God is giving It's like, like for me when I said that one word And, and the rest of the word Came with it God I just declare I impart as the authority of this house as the father of this house the apostle I declare and empower the prophetic we dig in the dirt and we watch it come forth we dig in the dirt and we see it come forth we see people rising up so I just Release and bless these people and say the prophet, the prophetic comes to your people. In uh, Invasion in your sleep. Invasion in your sleep, in your dream life. Here comes Jesus. Here comes the Holy Spirit into your dream life. Put your hands over your ears. Everybody put your hands over your ears and say, God, give me ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Put your hand over your eyes and say, God, give me eyes to see what you're revealing to the church. Let us be people that will stir up, cheer up, and build up. Now everybody say, pick me! Say, Jesus, pick me! Thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church.